When you begin to separate your own emotion and your own physical pain from that of others, that is the most empowering step that you can take as an empath, because that's when you can start to take your power back and start to learn to manage your energy. This is the Mind Body Detox Podcast, where we discuss all things integrative health and wellness, interviewing folks from all over the world, sharing insights and wisdom on how to live a healthier life in mind, body, and spirit. Welcome back to the Mind Body Detox Podcast. I'm your host, integrative intuitive medium, Kara Loveheart. And today we're going to dive into the topic of empaths. So we're going to do a series here and the next few episodes is going to be all about being an empath. We're going to discuss the difference between empathy and sympathy and the difference between being empathetic and actually being what we call an empath. We're going to talk about signs that you may be an empath and most importantly, ways to cope with being an empath or ways you can support loved ones, friends or family or coworkers that you may know that may be considered an empath. So first off, I am a empath. And this is one of the things that I didn't have a word for it. And all my life, I've been very, very sensitive. And I found it really interesting when I was looking up the definition of empath. And I'll read it to you here. The definition of empath is a person with the paranormal ability to apprehend the mental or emotional state of another individual. It's chiefly in science fiction. I will repeat that. Chiefly used in science fiction. (laughs) So I guess everyone out there who already knows what an empath is, you identify with one as one, or you are curious about what this is, it's a, it's really defined as someone who is not real. It's, 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 it's science fiction. I find it really interesting that the definition is still a person with the paranormal ability, again, to apprehend the mental or emotional state of another individual. I find that interesting that it hasn't been updated yet because it's something that's a term that's so much more used in even the psychology field. People are identifying themselves as empathic, not just empathy or feeling empathy, but being empathic and having to find out ways to cope with that because it does affect your mental, emotional, and physical wellness. The difference between an empath or someone who's empathetic and who's expressing sympathy. So we turned these words, empathy is really feeling or understanding and putting yourself in the shoes of someone else empathizing, being like, I can relate to that. I can relate to that. You know, that person's grandmother died. I can relate to feeling that that grief when my grandparent died or another family member died, or I can empathize with the level of stress that they're going through because I totally can relate in my life. So empathy in general, the word empathy is very different than empath, but we want to define that here first. Having empathy is feeling for someone and understanding, putting yourself in their shoes. Now, sympathy, on the other hand, involves just understanding from your own perspective. So you can understand that someone may be feeling stressed 
or you can see, oh, okay, they might be feeling this way. You can sympathize, but you're still understanding from your own perspective. Sympathy, S, is self. Empathy is emotion, feeling the emotion, E, emotion of the other person. So let's differentiate those one more time. Sympathy involves the self, understanding only from yourself, from your own perspective, your own experiences. And so there's a lot of things you might not have experienced in your life that you see someone else going through. You can sympathize, but you can't empathize because you haven't been through it yourself and you have a hard time, or maybe you don't have the capacity to put yourself in that person's shoes and relate whether or not you've been through it yourself or not. Now, empathizing, you don't have to have experienced something like a death or something that someone else has gone through to be able to put yourself in their shoes and to truly empathize, the definition of that word, to empathize. Again, it's where you're feeling from the perspective of another person. Why is it important to talk about the difference between these? Because these two terms are in general how we've used relating to another person over most of our history as human beings, we talk about, oh, I feel sympathy for that person, or I feel empathy, like I can put myself in their shoes and I can relate. Well, being an empath is actually different than empathy. Being an empath is you actually feel for others versus putting yourself in their shoes. When you are an empath, you have a very hard time separating your own emotions your own feelings, maybe your own physical pain from others. And being an empath, you feel other stuff as if it was your own. Now, if you are identified as an empath and you're you know, going, wait a minute, I think I might have this, or you already know you are one, you recognize there's a difference between feeling for someone else and putting yourself in their shoes versus when I'm around that person and they're really stressed, they don't even have to say anything. I feel stressed. They're just in the room with me, in the space with me. Or that person's feeling really happy and I just feel really happy. And it's not my emotions. It's, it's just picking it up from the environment. So I know that the term empathy has really been a buzzword in the business world because we've lacked empathy in leadership, in management, And it's a soft skill that has been really overlooked. And it's a lot of CEOs and big companies are learning more with the research of how performance can skyrocket when you have people in leadership who are empathetic as leaders. Now, there are people who are able to be empathetic and not necessarily empaths, but either or me being, you know, myself, I am an empath leader. I run a company and I lead people. And it helps me to have that nature of being very empathetic, but also being an empath. And one of the reasons why that helps me is I'm able to feel when my team is needing extra support. Because a lot of times in leadership and in community and any sort of place, family structures where you have people saying, I'm okay, the words are not matching up with what's really going on on the inside. People have issues with communication or speaking up or saying what they really need. Being an empath as a leader can be very helpful in digging deeper into what that organization, that family structure, that community group, whatever it is needs, um, because we're not all taught how to communicate. It's not 
always our best trait. And it, sometimes it's hard to express what we really need, or sometimes we don't really know what we need. So it's interesting to see this term empathy turning up in the corporate world and HR firms and HR people learning how to integrate in empathy. How do we teach our, our employees, our staff, our team members and leadership team to be more empathetic? Because it does create community. It does create connection between a team. And this isn't just for a business, but also in a family. You know, if you have someone in your family who's a little bit more detached, doesn't seem to display empathy, um, it can create a little bit of a disconnect between individuals in a family or even just within the group. So empathy is what brings us together. It's what helps us to see that we're not different. It's, I believe, a superpower that's going to completely change the world. And especially, I get, I get excited to see it being introduced into the business setting. Because when you can help, well, first give reasons why being empathetic and having empathy in the workplace is important. Because the mo main motivating factor for big companies is performance and money. Okay, but if you can introduce empathy in their leadership, and create connection, create community, you're creating more love, you're creating more safety and security. We are tribal mammals. So if we have connection, and we feel a part of a group, we feel seen, we feel heard and understood, because someone is being empathetic to us, or someone's an empath. So not only they can relate, but they are actually feeling our stuff. They are much more easily able to connect with us, and to see that we aren't any different as human beings, no matter our gender, our religion, our age, our socioeconomic status, where we live, that is our race, our sexual orientation. All of these things are what separate us. And a lot of times we get scared and afraid of others, the other people, those people over there, that group, this group, because there's what we perceive to be differences. And there, of course, are black and white differences between philosophies and the ways that people do things. But when you get down to it, and if you could right now flip a switch and everyone on this entire planet became empathic, not just empathy, but empathic, well, first of all, we would have a huge, a uh, little bit of chaos because people wouldn't be able to handle it. It's a lot. And if you're out there in an em as you're an empath and you say, I can relate, I, I have a hard time <laughs> dealing with my own sensitivity of picking up everyone else's emotions and physical pain. But if everyone in the, in the entire planet had this happen to them, we would have more of a hive mind sort of thing where we'd be able to feel a shift in our office or in our family right away when someone was feeling something. And of course, we'd feel that discomfort right away. And we'd want to help. We'd say so-and-so is feeling, I don't know, I, I, let me go talk to them. I can't put my finger on it, but it's a disease, discomfort, a dis-ease. It's a dissonance, it's discontentment. And then you go communicate and then you can help them right away. So can you imagine if everyone in this entire planet woke up tomorrow and they were all empaths? We'd have a very different world and we would no longer be polarized as much with this separation, this perspective of being different and being othered or be perceived as the other one. As the target of being an other outside of a group, or you looking into another group as seeing them as different, and those are the other people. They're the other people. I don't know who they are. So that's something that why I think empathy and 
being an empath is actually a superpower. Now, for those of you out there who are curious if you have friends or family members that may be an empath, or if you are an empath, we're going to talk a little bit about the signs and symptoms. But first, I want to talk about the difference between a highly sensitive person and an empath. Dr. Elaine Aaron is a psychotherapist. She is a national bestseller, bestselling author, and she has written the series of books called The Highly Sensitive Person. There's the highly sensitive person, the highly sensitive child, the highly sensitive person at work, the highly sensitive person in relationships. I will leave links in the show notes for you to check out her work. But it's fun because she coined this phrase, the highly sensitive person, and was able to bring it into the world of psychology so that there's a term, a label to identify and to share characteristics of these types of people. Now, a lot of people who are highly sensitive people are empaths, but not all of them. So we're going to explain just the difference and the similarities. I am a highly sensitive person and an empath, and most empaths are highly sensitive people. Highly sensitive people is a big umbrella. Being an empath fits underneath that umbrella and some other traits and symptoms that you might relate to. So first, let's talk about a highly sensitive person. A highly sensitive person is someone who has a very keen nervous system. They're very sensitive to stimulation. They are stimulated by lights, sounds. It could be textures in their clothing that maybe bother them. Foods, they might be sensitive to foods, maybe have allergies. They're people that are really sensitive, not just physically, but potentially emotionally. And again, there can be people that are highly sensitive people that are more physically sensitive and not emotionally, and ones that are more emotionally sensitive and not physically. Again, this is a big umbrella, the highly sensitive person. So you can have any of these traits in there. They tend to be people that have a very deep inner world, a deep emotional space, either they're they're deeply introverted or they go within a lot. So they have a rich inner world of either thoughts or they process a lot of information, or they're people that have deep emotional depth. So they just feel things very deeply. Now, an empath fits under that umbrella because empaths are very sensitive, and they're very sensitive to their environment, and they're very sensitive to overstimulation. Highly sensitive people and empaths both usually are people that want to help others. They usually have a soft spot for animals, children, the elderly, or the underdog, And they can be very sensitive to do maybe things in their environment, such as the media, music, movies, books, commercials, things that they just would prefer either to not look at or things they would prefer to stay over here in this realm. I don't see a lot of highly sensitive people and empaths really loving horror movies, you know, or violence films, or even those America's Funniest Home Videos, or any type of video that people are getting hurt or falling or you know, some sort of accidents are happening. So those are symptoms of a highly sensitive person. Keep in mind that I think both of these topics are really interesting. Again, highly sensitive person's a bigger umbrella and empath is more the emotions. So we're looking at just feeling the emotions or the physical pain and or the physical pain of another person. So not being able to separate your own stuff from someone else's. So here's some signs you are an empath. You're prone to overstimulation. So when you enter into a space, you're really good at picking up emotional imprints of a space. 
space could be a person's space. It could be someone's cubicle. It could be someone's home. You could actually be in the grocery store and walked into a corner of the grocery store that maybe someone was just standing at and they were ruminating about their stressful to-do list or their argument they're having with their spouse at home. You could walk into that space in the cereal aisle and all of a sudden feel like something came out of nowhere that made you feel heavy, that made you feel like your blood pressure rose a little bit. Maybe you're feeling the stress of that person that was just in that space. So that's why I think it's interesting. If you're not an empath and you tell someone that this is what you experience, they say that's science fiction. That's not true. That, that can't be true. But I love to hear you know more and more stories of people, this is actually happening to them. I'm going to talk a little bit too after the signs here of why I think that this is happening. Why are more people becoming empathic and feeling so much? So if you're prone to over- overstimulation, again, you are keenly aware of energetic emotional imprints on a space in a person. When you enter into their space, you go and you see your friend at work and you just know that something's wrong. You feel their stress or you feel their anger or you feel their joy, whatever it is. And you might not be able to put your finger on it. You know, the more you become aware of being an empath and this is actually a thing, the more you can start to learn the language of these energetic emotional imprints that you get from your environment or from other people. And you can start to differentiate between not only your own stuff, but other people's stuff. One of the common things I see with empaths is they struggle with anxiety and they usually get a lot of diagnoses with anxiety disorders. Now, this is not to say that you don't want to get therapy and you need to stop taking medications or something like that. Absolutely not. I think if anything, being an empath and having anxiety is really kind of goes along with the, with the sensitivity, especially until you can recognize that maybe some of the things that you're feeling aren't actually yours. That can free up a lot of stress because for many, many years of my life, when I was feeling all these different emotions, um, I actually got diagnosed with bipolar disorder because I would feel so many ups and downs. And part of that was hormonal. Part of that was actually me. But also you mix someone who's, you know, I'm a psychic professional and I feel things, I see things, you know, I get a lot of different information, not just empathic of feeling emotions and feeling pain, but I get a lot of different information. So you can imagine being in middle school where everyone's hormones are crazy and everyone (laughs) is feeling up and down and me going home and not knowing why I feel mad, not knowing why I feel sad. Not me, you know, and there, of course, was the strong internal world that empaths and highly sensitive people have that I carried of this trying to look at and think about why am I feeling this way and not being able to figure it out and thinking, hey, something's wrong with me. And even after getting uh, dressed with medication, it didn't go away. That's the reason why I personally felt that there was something more going on because when you you get diagnosed with something and you get on medications and they don't exactly work, you know, it's it's a tweaking. You work with your your therapist, your psychiatrist and you get different things that try to balance you out. But for me, it was continually getting this information overload from other people. And it wasn't until later in life that I recognized that a lot of my mental wellness 
was impacted by the energy and the emotions of other people and the environments in which I was entering into and had no idea that it was not mine. So one of the first steps in becoming an empowered empath is recognizing when some energy information input is not yours. That can be so freeing because you realize, wait a minute, I don't have as much anxiety as I thought I did. It was actually that person's or this person's. And we're going to talk about some ways you can separate your stuff from other people uh, later on in this series. So again, empaths are also really sensitive to potential food or allergies or lights or noise or even just lack of sleep. So if you're an empath and you have less sleep or not as deep of a sleep that you need, it can make you more sensitive. You can be more um, emotionally drained easier by other people. Um, This is why you go back and listen to the Energy Vampires episode. A lot of empaths have a harder time entering into other people's spaces. And that's why we have (laughs) the pop culture is, you know, good vibes only. There is the vernacular in our system now to point out that we feel good vibes. We feel it. We feel negative energy. We don't want to be around negative energy. It drains us. So there's so much more empathic mirroring or empathy happening than I think a lot of people like to admit uh, until they recognize that they're an empath. And I will also say that being an empath isn't something that's special. It's not something that makes you a superhero and it's not something that makes you weird. It's not something that I think that is considered, oh, it's rare. It may be rare as far as the population because you have to remember that most of our population were numbed out. We're numbed out by medications, by food, by toxins. So if, you know, certain people have the capacity to be very empathetic or be an empath, it may be there in the entire population, but we've had either brain trauma or we've had stress or we've had other things that have turned it off, so to speak. But I want to make a point to say that it's not something special. A lot of the people I've worked with, then when they start to see these signs that they're an empath, first of all, it makes sense to them and they can really relate. But then a lot of times they think, well, does it make me special or I don't want to be special because empaths don't want to be seen a lot of times, Uh, not all the time, but they don't want to have extra attention on them because that extra attention on them means more energy coming their way that they have to process other people's emotions and (laughs) their perspectives and other people's judgments. Empaths feel other people's judgments almost like an energetic attack. Um, When someone's judging an empath, it's really, really hard. It can sometimes be even physically painful. If you're an empath, it's something that is part of you, part of who you are. And you don't have to feel like, oh my gosh, I'm so special now that I'm empath or be worried like, oh my gosh, is this now, am I identifying as an empath? Does this mean that I have some sort of extra responsibility to do something with this? No, you still can do what you wish to do with your life. But it gives you a insight. It gives you insight into personal dynamics and relationships and can help you navigate a lot better. It can help you help the world in a much more skillful way and even be a little bit more accurate when it comes to helping other people, what they really need, because a lot of times we don't actually know what we need or we don't know how to communicate it. So that's the benefit of people who are empathic. If you're an empath, you tend to work well in the healing profession, nursing, psychotherapy, Uh, being a doctor, something that is nurturing capacity like a teacher or a mother, someone that's working with animals or children, maybe the homeless. 
any groups that need support, need nurturing, need healing, you can use that sensitivity to help better. Another sign you're an empath is you have a hard time saying no. That's really common because if you say no to someone as an empath, you don't just have to deal with them saying no, those words. Other people might say to you, well, just say no. Well, it's not just them responding and reacting to you, putting down a boundary and saying you can't do something, but you will also feel their disappointment. You feel their anger or their aggression if they have that or any other emotion that that person may be feeling that may be a little bit heavy. Again, as an empath, when we feel the emotions of other people, we not only take it on ourselves as if it's our own, but it can sometimes feel literally like pressure on our system. It can feel draining, like we, we get very tired um, because it takes a lot of energy from our nervous system to process not just our own emotions, but other people's. Imagine it like this. When you go to a concert, you are in a crowd of people. You're getting a lot of stimulation from processing the faces in the crowd, advertisements as you pass by to find your seat, the music, the lights. It's very loud from all angles of the visuals, the textures you might be running into or feeling, all of that stuff. It can be really like that for an empath on a day-to-day basis. And that's what I tell people if you're really highly empathic, and again, it is a spectrum. Sometimes with maybe your friends or family or people you're close to and feel other people's emotions versus you could be a hyper empath where you're really feeling everything and you have no ability to block it out. But imagine it like this, whether you are an empath, you can explain it to people like this, or if you are not, and this will help you to relate Imagine being in a rock concert all day, every day. And this is why empaths tend to be selective with their environments, their emotional imprints, what they're taking in. Some of them are selective, again, with what what music, movies, anything that they look at. They tend to be the ones that cry at commercials. (laughs) I'm one of those people. My mother says I get it from her, but my mom's just a big empath. (laughs) She's very empathetic. But people usually tell you you're too sensitive and it's hard for people to relate if they're not an empath unless they can they can say, hey, what would it be like for you all day, every day to be in a rock concert? But instead of sound and lights, it's a rock concert of everyone's emotions all around you. And again, keep in mind, there is a spectrum. I am a hyper empath and I, of course, get visuals and audio stuff as, as, as a medium too. So I get a lot of different information, not just emotions and physical pain from others, but I get all that stuff. Now, I will say one thing, if people are worried with connecting with me or coming to see me as a, as a coach, a lot of my clients say to me, I don't want to drain you. I'm just really worried about you know you. I know you're really sensitive. I have mastered my energy field. Now, saying master may be a little bit too overconfident. So I'll be honest. I feel like 90% of the time I'm able to handle my sensitivity. I'm able to handle, I'm able to turn down my psychic volume knob, so to speak, and really operate like a regular everyday day-to-day person. 10 years ago, that was not the case. I was an empath and highly sensitive person that was in bed. I had a hard time going to the grocery store. I would feel drained after going anywhere. There were a lot of people. I'd have to take a two-hour nap from coming home. And a lot of empaths I work with relate to this, that they feel so tired and drained after being around a lot of people 
it takes a lot of energy to interact on the internet. It takes a lot of energy to get through their day-to-day sometimes. Or they just feel a lot of anxiety because they're processing so much information. And this is where I really am happy to see the psychological field embracing these terms because now we can learn ways to cope with this sensitivity instead of necessarily medicate. Now, medication is definitely needed for certain individuals, but a lot of times there tends to be more side effects that we don't like. And over time, not all medications are meant to use for long periods of time. They're meant to use to get through particular phases of our lives and work through a psychotherapy. So I think it's really important to recognize that if you know, hey, I'm a, I'm a highly sensitive person or an empath, you can learn tools to deal with this. You can be a regular everyday person. I, don't, I can't even play, believe I'm saying that. I think 10 years ago, I would have not believed myself if, if, that, that that was possible. You know, because a lot of times empaths get diagnosed with all these different types of autoimmune conditions and fibromyalgia and these different unknown things because they can't really put it, uh, pinpoint what's actually going on with empaths when they have health problems sometimes because they're just experiencing so much stress on the nervous system that we get all these different symptoms that relate to these different diagnoses. You may or may not have those that your doctor can, of course, help you figure that out. But if you downregulate the nervous system, finding ways to turn up and down your empathy, you can process things when needed. You can go into your work or wherever you use your empathy skill set, whether it's just in your family or you work with animals or children or the elderly or the homeless or whatever you do, you can turn it up at that time and then turn it right down. This is exactly what I work with, not just with one-on-one clients, but also the Mind Body Detox program is geared to help empaths learn to manage their energy. And also regular people who say, I'm not an empath, but I want to really learn to manage my life still. Because it doesn't matter if you're an empath or not. We still need life skills. We still need to figure out how to get a lifestyle that works for us that's healthy and balanced. And also for people who want to increase their empathy or increase their intuition, their connection to the divine. Um, Because I believe that everyone is an intuitive individual. We can connect in that way. So one of the other things I will say if you're an empath, notice the type of clothing you wear. If you're very empathic, you may stick with colors like black um, because black is a very protective color. We talk a lot about color theory and color therapy and the different colors and how they affect us psychologically in the Mind to Body Detox program. But black is a color I see a lot of empaths wear. Some people that uh, you have to recognize that empaths don't want to be seen and black is a very absorbing color. So you can kind of be inward and you can block somewhat Um, the energy of others just through wearing that color. And then another thing you can notice if you go to restaurants or go places with a group, you like to be the first person to get in the space. And I noticed myself doing this is I would find the chair at the round table or the booth or wherever we'd be sitting in a group where my back is either against a wall or there's very little people behind me. Because as an empath, you have to process the emotional input of people that might be around you. So it's really nice to be in a corner where you're only going to process information from people sitting to your left or to your right or people you're in your immediate party. So you might notice yourself doing these things or even choosing to go to the grocery store or anywhere where it's not peak time and there's less people there. You may also need a lot of downtime And I encourage empaths to not compare themselves to other people, especially in regards to socializing. It's very common for us to communicate our needs 
and think that we need to be socializing all the time because we perceive other people to be doing it every weekend or a lot. And empaths usually do well with one or two close friends or a small group. And they usually do well with connecting on a periodic frequency. You don't have to do it every week, but a lot of times empaths do well with just once a month or once every couple months and they fill up their social cup and they're fine. So being able to allow yourself a lot of downtime, a lot of introverted space, you know, empaths make great artists. They feel so much that they are the ones that also make music. They make art, they paint, they craft, they journal, they write poetry. These are the people that, again, are getting so many perspectives on the world, not just from their own life journey, but they're in the area of other people. They pick up what they're feeling, they process it, and healthy empaths will express it in a healthy manner to get it out or do something with that energy so that it doesn't destroy them. So if you need a lot of downtime as an empath, it's perfectly okay. So next, we're going to talk about ways to cope with being an empath. The next upcoming episodes, we're going to dive into these four different categories, but I'm just going to list them. And then we're going to end with one technique you can do as an empath to support yourself at this time. As an empath, it's very important, number one, to have a really good, solid self-care routine and have a lot of downtime. Next episode, we're going to go into the types of self-care that really work best with empaths and even talk a little bit about food. Um, I do have a course that's called Eating for Empaths because empaths really tend to have a lot of gut health issues and struggle a little bit with their diets. Um, They tend to be sugar addicts and trying to have addiction tendencies. And I'm talking from being one of those and coming from that, being a sugar addict and uh, smoking cigarettes and all the things that I did to cope with being so emotionally sensitive. Um, Again, this is what Mind Body Detox is about. How can we help you to manage your sensitivity and have a self-care routine with proper nutrients, minerals, and and a diet that works for your body. Because as an empath, it's really important. And this is one of the main foundational ways you can support yourself being an empath, having a lot of downtime and proper self-care. Number two is boundaries. Learning how to have boundaries with yourself, learning how to have boundaries with other people, and learning how to have energetic boundaries. So we're going to talk about that in one of the upcoming episodes. Number three, it's important for empaths to create and maintain healthy relationship dynamics because empaths are usually the ones that don't say no. They let people walk all over them. They're the doormats. And we get into a lot of unhealthy relationships, whether it's codependency or it could be abusive dynamics maybe even in relationships with people who are narcissists, that's really common. And a lot of times as empaths, sometimes because we are so sensitive and we do feel what other people are feeling, we tend to lean towards a lot of assumption in relationships and that gets us in trouble. So we'll talk more about that. And and think about this. If you've been in a relationship and you felt something from a partner, that something was wrong or whatever, and you didn't communicate it and get to the bottom of it. And maybe you knew, maybe you were 90% sure of what it was right or for what you were feeling was right. But then you assumed this is what was going on instead of asking questions that can get people into a lot of trouble because as an empath, you're not always hundred percent correct with what you're feeling. And we'll talk a little bit about that. That's part of the healing journey for any healer out there. And anyone who's an empath 
learning to differentiate your own stuff from other people. Because a lot of times if stuff comes up that's triggering or brings up old memories or is associated with a different trauma, then we can be reactive and we can misperceive the emotional information that we're getting and it won't be correct. And I think it's really common for empaths to do this and to create a lot of issues in their relationships. (laughs) So we'll talk about that in an upcoming episode. And then finally, we'll talk about how to learn energy management skills So when I'm talking about energy, I'm not talking about the energy you get from drinking a cup of coffee or from having a good night's rest. We're talking about the non-physical subtle energies. This is more of a psychological term, non-physical term that we relate to. And this is when I talk about the aura. And of course, if you haven't listened to the Who Aura You episode two, I encourage you to go back and listen to that because there's some fundamental things, empaths, need to learn to do to manage their energy fields, if you want to call it that, to manage their energy sensitivity. Because when we are in the vicinity of someone who's putting off emotions or um, they're feeling physical pain, or even if you are very sensitive on the spectrum, and say you go into a secondhand store and you are picking up an item that maybe was owned by someone else who has, has an emotional energetic imprint on it, We can absolutely pick up stuff from that. Now, remember, think back to all this talk about in our culture, feeling good vibes or feeling bad vibes. You can absolutely not just learn to differentiate from them something feeling good to you or feeling not so good. I like to move away from the polarizing uh, terms of good or bad, but something that feels in accordance with who you are and supportive and something that doesn't feel supportive. So you can absolutely learn to manage not feeling those things. And if you do feel them to let them go and not let them ruin your day or bring your energy into a place of imbalance. So we will talk about that as well. Uh, In finalizing this episode, I would like to encourage anyone out there who has an empathic partner or knows someone who's an empath who really has learned something here today to talk to them about it. If you know someone that maybe is an empath and they're not aware of it, awareness is key. As I always say, if you can give someone an awareness that they may have this sensitivity, they can feel more empowered instead of bombarded by the world and they can learn skill sets to manage it. Same thing with someone that struggles with social anxiety. If you can recognize that you have social anxiety, there's amazing tools and techniques out there. I'm working with therapists that you can do to learn to manage your social anxiety. And again, all of that is empowerment. So I encourage you to share this information with someone that you love, who is an empath. And I encourage you also to practice more empathy if you are not empathic yourself. Put yourself in other people's shoes, especially when you begin to judge right away or put someone in the other box. Because remember, people who are empathic feel those judgments. They're like arrows. They really just sting when people, we, we, we as empaths feel that. So I encourage you to be aware. One of the things about being an empath is empaths are very self-aware of their emotions because we empaths have perceived for a very long time that other people process the world the way that we do. That's why we have a hard time saying no, not only because we'll have to feel other people's emotions when we disappoint them and let them down, but we also perceive that Other people are also emotionally metabolizing or picking up the emotions of us. 
So a lot of times empaths are very quiet with their emotions. They don't want to disturb people. They don't want to be angry or get anyone upset because they're used to feeling everyone else's stuff. And a lot of times empaths can't recognize that other people don't feel or perceive the world in the way that they do. And once you can recognize it, it makes more sense why, you know, why would they do that to me? Or why would they say that? Why would, I, why would they be so angry? Don't they know that it hurts? Well, if you can recognize that not everybody feels or perceives the world the way that we do, you can have more compassion for them and recognize that some of the things you say or do, especially when you're setting boundaries, do not hurt other people emotionally. People can take things personally still, but the emotions that other people feel may not be as deep. Because as an empath, when we feel an emotion, any emotion, happy, sadness, joy, whatever, the intensity of that emotion is tenfold. So if you're looking at it at a scale of one to 10, an average person feels, you know, happiness or joy around a five or a six, we're feeling it at an 11. It's really interesting to note that. It's very interesting to note. So as an empath, one thing you can do today to start is really just first, you know, identify if you're an empath. And if you are, and you already know you are one, awesome. Thank you guys. Much love to you out there, all you lovely empaths out there. Um, loving the world, dealing with your sensitivity and learning how to manage it. I'm sending you lots of love and support. But one thing that I find very important to start with, or even continue to do if you already started doing this, is to start separating your own emotional crap from other people's and or physical pain. And one of the exercises I give to people that's very helpful is to just take a empath scan or an inventory before you start your day. The beginning of the day and you get up after you're done eating your breakfast or whatever you're doing before you go out of the house or of your safe space, just note where you're feeling pain in your body. If you feel slightly tired, if your elbow hurts, feel a little bit nauseous, or if you feel really good in your chest, you're feeling elated, whatever emotions you're feeling, and whatever physical pain you're feeling in your body, just take note of it. Take a mental inventory of where you are at. That way, when you go to work, when you go to the grocery store, when you go anywhere, or even when you come out of your room and you have to be in the space with your child or your spouse or your siblings or whatever your living situation is, you will now know if you start to feel a shift, you will now have a baseline for where you are at, what your energy, your emotions, your being is experiencing. That way, when you enter into a new space, you start to feel a shift. You start to feel sad or angry or whatever it is. You can stop and say, why am I feeling angry right now? Is there anything that's making you feel angry in your environment? Logically, is there something that is really affecting you? Something that's annoying you? If not, chances are that could be someone else's imprint that you're picking up on. So this first step is very empowering and just first again, taking inventory of where you're at, what you're feeling, and then noticing the contrast when you go into other spaces and asking yourself the question, is this my stuff? Or is this someone else's? When you begin to separate your own emotion and your own physical pain from that of others, that is the most empowering step that you can take as an empath because that's when you can start to take your power back and start to learn to manage your energy. And I will give empaths out there who are very sensitive on the spectrum one last tip. If you're feeling very overwhelmed and you're in a situation where you need to get away, 
you're overstimulated in a public setting. The bathroom's your friend. Being in a stall or even just a private bathroom anywhere where you're at publicly is a really great place just to get your bearings back. Do some slow, deep breathing, inhales and exhales, splash cold water on your face. Just allow yourself to feel your body, bring awareness to your feet, because a lot of times we're processing in our head, how can we stop this emotion? How can we stop feeling overwhelmed? Or the inner dialogue starts to chatter away about how we shouldn't be feeling so sensitive or whatever's going on in there. You're heightening your nervous system more as you perpetuate the monkey mind and as you perpetuate being on the hamster wheel in your head. So one thing that's very powerful is just to become aware of the physical body as you do your breathing. Clench your butt together, maybe jump and feel the gravity and the weight of your body hitting the floor, and just feel your physical presence. Feel maybe items around you. Get yourself out of the space of feeling other people and the emotions or their pain, and just feel the physical presence of life itself, meaning your body, mostly your body, and maybe maybe a, a if you're sitting on the toilet seat, if you're in the bathroom, or if you're touching something in the space. That's very, very important. And if you are in a place where you cannot get away, you're in a conversation with someone who maybe is an energy vampire, and they're draining your energy. Again, listen to the energy vampires episode if you have not listened to that already. And they're having a conversation with you and you can't get away, you keep trying to back off and leave the space. If someone's draining your energy, again, whether they're conscious of it or not, most of the time they're not, One of the really cool things that I like to do, tighten your abdomen. As you tighten your abdomen up, you'll bring awareness back to your abdomen and you can still engage, but you'll notice a lot of times tightening your abdomen, it puts up a little bit of a separation between you and the other person. And I'll explain a little bit more about this in the upcoming episode that relates to creating and maintaining healthy relationship dynamics and boundaries. And I'll explain a little bit more about why this is, but for now, If you're in that emergency situation, you have no ability to get away, (laughs) tighten your abs up, tighten your glutes up. You can do those things standing and no one recognizes what you're doing and just bring your awareness to that space until you can leave and get your bearings either or go take a nap if you're drained or whatever you need to do. So thank you so much for listening to this episode, everyone. I'm really looking forward to going deeper into this topic. If you have any specific questions please send us a message. In the show notes, there is a message. You can ask me a question. I can answer it on the episode. And I'd love to hear back from you, especially those of you who are empathic out there to give you some pointers and tips on any particular area. um, So make sure I can cover those in the upcoming episodes. Thank you so much for listening and be well until next time, my friends. Thank you for listening to the Mind Body Detox podcast. We wish you wellness and health in your mind, body, and spirit. And be well until next time, my friends.